Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez. And in this segment, I am interviewing yet again, Ryan Kurzak. He is the founder of Asheville Vedic Astrology and Kriya Yoga Online. He is the author of The Art and Science of Vedic Astrology, Volume 1 and Volume 2. He is the host of the Kriya Yoga podcast, and he has an amazing online school, which I'll link in the descriptions if you would like to learn Vedic astrology with him. I always sit here wondering if I forgot something because he has so many different projects that he's usually working on, but I think that that's all of them. Again, please look in the descriptions um, of the show notes so that you can get any links to his work if you would like to learn more with him. He also has many, many YouTube videos that are profoundly helpful. And again, Ryan has been on the show before, but today we are discussing Saturn and what may occur when Saturn is conjoined with other planets in a birth chart. And so Ryan Kurzak is a self-proclaimed pretty Saturnine guy. He has a pretty solid relationship with Saturn. So it was so much fun getting to talk with him and hear from him on what he thinks Saturn brings into a chart, how he's seen Saturn to influence individuals, and most importantly, how we can utilize and understand the energy of Saturn within our birth chart so that we can navigate the world with more grace. Um, he spends some time discussing how Saturn can be kind of a karmic indicator of what we need to spend more time learning, focusing on, and growing through in this life. And again, by understanding this, by understanding how Saturn is impacting our individual lives, we can navigate that, those challenges or that work a little bit easier. So I hope that you find this segment helpful. I know that I always learn so much through these conversations. So I hope that you enjoy it. All right. Well, welcome back, Ryan. Thank you so much for being on the show yet again. No problem. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing the same shirt I was wearing the last time. So. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting that we planned it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we're here today talking about Saturn and when Saturn is conjoined with other planets. Mm -hmm. And so before we get started and dive into the conjunctions, let's talk about Saturn, what Saturn represents, and even the karmic implications of Saturn, because Saturn is, of course, a highly karmic planet. Right, right. Saturn, Saturn is a cruel planet, and um, Saturn is ultimately a planet of hard work and responsibility. And um, whenever we have Saturn, wherever it is in the chart, whatever sign it's in, whatever planet it's with, uh, this tells us that those are the areas that a person has more has more responsibility towards. Mm -hmm. um, and the difficulty with Saturn. You know, many people think, oh, it's always that Saturn is the problem, that Saturn himself, just by him being who he is or what he is, that that is the problem. But, you know, if we study something like the Lajitati of Ashtas and the planetary friendships, what we learn is Saturn has a lot of enemies, uh, moon, sun, um, and so on. He's got a lot of enemies. And when Saturn is by himself, when Saturn is doing his own thing, usually he can meet those responsibilities well. And that's why also in the, the theory of Lajitati of Ashtas, anytime a planet is with Saturn, that planet itself becomes starved. 
So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if, if Saturn's with a friend or with an enemy or with a neutral, anytime Saturn is in the same sign as another planet, that planet becomes starved. So Saturn is one of those planets that does well alone. This is also why Saturn has directional strength, uh, Digbala in the seventh house. The seventh house are other people. Uh, the first house is, is the, uh, the ascendant who we are. It's as close to us as we can get. That's the first house. The seventh house is as far away from us as we can get. So Saturn has strength in the seventh house because Saturn works well when there is distance, when there is patience, when there is time, and when there isn't attachment or define ourselves through other people and situations. So anyway, what we see with Saturn is he's a cruel planet, but we need cruel planets, just like we need Mars. If someone, if there's a fire in our house, we have to have Mars to have the wherewithal to get up and say, hurry up, get up and go grab the fire extinguisher versus someone else who might have a weak Mars that might say, oh, there's a fire over there and they freeze because they don't know what to do. That's a weak Mars. Um, Saturn is the ability to endure difficulties, to endure the inevitable, the inevitable. And that's what we always have to focus on. Whatever Saturn is related to, that is the inevitable. People are gonna die. People are gonna get sick. We're gonna have failures. We're gonna have losses. Um, We're gonna grow weak at some point in time. Those are inevitable things. Mm -hmm. So Saturn is there to give us the capacity to endure those things so we can make it through. Saturn is there when Mars can't solve a problem, when Mars can't go out there and fight and get things done. Well, Saturn's the one that says, all right, you can't fix this, but you can endure it. So this is really what Saturn is all about. And it's important that we all work on our Saturns because if you've been alive long enough, life is gonna happen. And the stronger your Saturn, the more you'll be able to say, you know what? I can just keep on walking because you have that strength of, 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 well, just knowing what life is about, I suppose. Um, So that's usually how I think about Saturn, how I talk to Saturn with people. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so for somebody with a weaker Saturn or like a a highly afflicted Saturn, what kind of qualities would that create in somebody? Well, you know, earlier we had sort of discussed before we did this podcast, maybe talking about the the D9. We're not going to get too much into that. But the D9 can relate to things like marriage and our life purpose. And so often we need to look at Saturn in the D9 to see, does the person have the ability to do the tedious work, the hard, painful work that no one wants to do in order to achieve their goals in life or to have a successful marriage? Or the same thing uh, in the D10, great, the chart of great fruits. If Saturn is strong in the D10 and Saturn is considered to kind of rule over or is strongly associated with the D10. The reason it's so important there is because anyone who's done anything great in life has suffered. They They have made sacrifices and they have endured them and walked through them. So the stronger Saturn is, um, the more likely that's going to occur. So an afflicted Saturn is simply this. Maybe you have the best marriage partner in the world, but the littlest things they do drive you crazy or you can't appreciate all the good stuff that they have because of the few shortcomings they have. Saturn's gaze looks down. Okay, so planets all have different gazes and those are to help us understand how the planet functions. Saturn gaze looks down, which means it sees the problems. It sees stuff in this world that's problematic. And if Saturn is weak, it doesn't see a problem and walk around it. That's a good Saturn. Mm -hmm. It says, yeah, there's a problem there. I'm not gonna argue that. 
I'm going to walk around it. If Saturn sees a problem coming at them, they stop and all they can see is the problem. So if a Saturn is afflicted when it comes to something like marriage, all the person sees is how they chew their food too loud, how they're not as smart as someone else's partner, how they this, that, the other, they will pick and pick and pick on every little thing, which is what ultimately destroys the marriage, not the fact that the marriage was bad. <laughs> so when Saturn is problematic, it's that the person gets hyper fixated on the problem yeah. and doesn't just say, yes, there's a problem. So let's keep on going. Yeah. Does yeah. this make sense? Oh, it makes complete sense. And I was, I was actually talking about this the other day is that Saturn is like understanding worldly functions. Mm -hmm. It's a very worldly and mature planet and it gets it, you mm -hmm. know? And so like using this as an example, if a healthy Saturn is in a relationship, it understands that there's always going to be someone better, you know, or it's all, there's always going to be someone smarter. There's always going to be people chew their food loud. Sometimes people make messes. Sometimes people do these things and it tolerates it because it understands that this is the way the world is, you know, and with the weaker Saturn, it's almost like that lack of maturity, like, ugh, like grass is going to be greener or this other thing is going to be better or what else, you know, is around the corner. Saturn keeps that focus, right? you know? So it makes and, a lot of sense. And if we think about, you know, a long time ago, well, not that long ago, a few years ago, <clears throat> I did a, a series of videos um, on the, the planets of each ascendant. So we, we looked at each ascendant and talked about how each planet functions for each ascendant. And in that video, we use the information such as, well, in what sign is a planet exalted? What sign is a planet debilitated? This will tell us how it functions for each ascendant. But if we make it more general and we think about Saturn, where is Saturn exalted? Libra. So Saturn is exalted in the sign of Venus. And when Saturn is in Libra, it's also a Rashi aspect in Taurus. Um, and what does Taurus represent in regards to the chakra system? It's the heart. It's the heart chakra. So here we have a planet like Saturn, of all planets, exalted in the heart chakra. Now, again, I know we talked about this a little bit with Rahu and Ketu in a previous discussion, but Saturn is in the world, does its duty unconditionally with love. So in order for Saturn to be uh, really well-developed in a person, it can be completely trashed in a person's chart. But if they can understand this process of learning to do their best in the world in every situation, to develop this vision of love and as though everything they're doing is service to a higher power or to something greater, which is, could just be love, then that actually strengthens Saturn. Because when you love something, it doesn't matter what obstacles are there, you don't care. If, if you have someone that you love, it doesn't matter uh, what is in between you and them. You will do whatever it takes to get to them. Uh, so with when you bring love to Saturn, it doesn't say, oh, there's an obstacle, terrible. This is horrible. I should be depressed. It says there's an obstacle, but I'm going to remain established in love while I do my work, while I work on my relationship, while I pay attention to my career. So it's very important to, um, to think about Saturn in, in that regard because it's not... He's not all doom and gloom. Uh, for example, in the book, The Greatness of Saturn, after the king goes through all these trials and tribulations, all this terrible stuff happens to him after a seven and a half year period. And um, Saturn comes to the king and the king doesn't have any hands. He doesn't have any legs. He's lost his kingdom. All these horrible things have occurred to him. He's been accused of being a thief and Saturn appears and the king can't do anything. So he rolls over because he can't move and tries to, to bow to Saturn. 
And Saturn says, you have suffered immensely in this time period. Um, ask any boon and I will give it to you. And um, what the king says is, my request is that you never torment anyone else like you've tormented me. And Saturn says, well, you could have asked for anything, your hands back, your kingdoms back, but your love of others was so strong that you asked for a boon for them. And so because of that, I will raise you up and I will give you everything back. And now you will have the sense of compassion, the sense of understanding, the sense of love. And the person goes on to rule the kingdom, gets married again, all these good things happen to him. So the greatness of Saturn is a wonderful story in that regard to show that the suffering this king went through, uh, while not pleasant at the end, you, he still had that sense of benevolence. And because of that benevolence and thinking of others, Saturn was able to uplift him. And in that regard, uh, Saturn, uh, what's the word? Um, make sure uh, that the king will do well from that point. Saturn becomes a protector in a way. Does this, it's, you follow what I'm saying here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It almost makes me cry every time I tell a story. <laughs> I, I can tell, yeah. But um, no, and I think it's beautiful. And I, I think that this ties in well as to why Saturn is connected to service and social justice and having an ethical code. Right. You know, so this helps explain that. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about the positive qualities of Saturn, and maybe even like using the exaltation as an example, but what about when Saturn is in Aries? Right, well, Saturn, when it's in Aries, you know, now what do we have here? Uh, we need to think about it in the fact that it's in Aries, which is ruled over by Mars. And when it's in Aries, it's going to Rashi aspect um, Scorpio. And this is the front and the back of um, the, the third chakra. And what is the third chakra all about? Personal power, willpower, uh, getting out there, accomplishing things. And Saturn, Saturn is not a planet to go out there and make stuff happen. He's the planet that gives the strength for things to occur. So when you take a planet like Saturn, you stick it in a willful chakra, that's when you get the cruel aspects of Saturn coming out. That's where you get the petty tyrant of Saturn coming out. That's where you get the person who is hurt so bad inside that they end up taking it out on other people. And that's what most people think of as how Saturn acts because they think, well, he's a cruel planet, so he should act that way. Well, cruel just means, are you able to handle worldly things or not? Or is it more graceful? That's more of a gentle thing. So when we have Saturn in, um, in Aries, uh, oftentimes we have to be very cautious, again, about forcing issues, about being too stubborn, about being too stuck on what we think is right or what we think the truth is, because Saturn is the planet of truth. Truth is supposed to come through the heart, not through the, um, the, the third chakra. And that also ties us into the idea of Saturn-Mars combinations. Those are the most difficult combinations because Mars is about our sense of what is right, uh, what, is, uh, what is proper in the world. And I mean actually proper, not just some weird dogma. And when you get Saturn and Mars together, they're afflicting each other, they're starving each other, they're hurting each other. And that's where you get a person who's willful like Mars, who wants to run around and say, this is the way it should be. And if they don't do it to other people, they do it to themselves. Mm -hmm. And they're often the most conflicted people. Personally, I love to hire people who have Saturn-Mars combinations. Why? Because I know that they're gonna be so hard on themselves that I'm gonna give them a task and they're gonna think it's, they've done such a terrible job that they're gonna keep doing it over and over and over again. And they're gonna do it 10 times better than anyone else. And they're still gonna think it's no good. <laughs> 
So those are the people you want to hire, but yes. for them, it's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's it becomes an overcompensation. It's like yeah. um, the idea of that, that Brene Brown lean in. Well, if you've got, if you've got Saturn and Mars, don't lean in at all. <laughs> you lean in enough. You lean in 20 million times more than most people. If you've got Saturn and Mars combination, you need to lean out. <laughs> so, yeah. And so, so on that, on this topic, I'm curious, which planets does Saturn typically do better with? And then which planets does it typically do not as well with? Well, we always have to remember, it's usually not going to do well with planets when they are in the same sign, because Saturn is always going to starve the planet that it's with. Now, if it's a benefic planet like Venus or Jupiter, um, those plants are going to help Saturn because those are nice, graceful plants, which are going to soften Saturn, mm -hmm. meaning the issues with Saturn. However, Saturn's still going to hurt Jupiter or still going to hurt Venus in its own way. So it's not mutually beneficial here. Mm -hmm. um, when you have planets that are aspecting Saturn, that Saturn are aspecting, for example, aspects of Saturn to Mercury, aspects of Saturn uh, to Venus, these are very good because Venus and Mercury are very worldly planets. They're considered to be rajasic planets. And by rajasic, it means like uh, a mist, the mist of I am the doer, I make things happen. That's all Venus and Mercury do. But when Saturn's there, it gives the distance to show that, look, you can do your best, you're engaged in this world, but you are not responsible for this success here. And so it gives a sense of patience, a sense of wisdom to Venus. And it also allows them to not necessarily be so um, engrossed in their desires of, of Venus and Mercury. Yep. They can see which desires are worth going towards and which are just immature. So aspects of Saturn to Mercury and Venus are very good in that regard. Would you say that it also brings like a humility to those planets? Definitely. Yeah. It, it, it just, it slows them down. You know, Mercury is a lovely planet. Mercury is probably one of the best planets to have in good situation within a chart because it is so broad-minded. It can see every perspective. You know, we often think of Mercury as being two-faced. It's not that it's two-faced. It's just that it can understand that everyone has a perspective and it can jump on that person's surfboard and see what they're looking at. Um, but Mercury, it can get too caught up in the details. Like for example, when you get Saturn and Mercury together, I think we might've had this conversation before, um, that is a difficult combination for astrologers to have in their clients. Mm. Because I will 90% of the time, if you get a client with Saturn and Mercury together, probably what happened is they've already gone to eight or 10 other astrologers. They liked some of what the astrologers said, but they thought, well, there's probably something better out there and I just need to do more research. So what are they doing? Remember, Saturn looks down. And so Saturn's looking at the problems in the knowledge that they got. Mm -hmm. And if Saturn's with Mercury, they always find the problem. So they could be given the best theory in the world, which 90% of it works. But what are they going to focus on? That 10% that doesn't. And so they keep looking for another one. Um, so it's not always true for everybody. There could be some mitigating circumstances, but Mercury and Saturn together are very different are very difficult for people who are looking for knowledge because they will always find a problem with whoever they're talking to. Even if it was Ken Rao, they still say, well, I don't know Ken Rao. I don't know how, you know, I don't care how famous you are, how long you've been doing astrology. I think you missed some things. And then they'll come see someone else. 
It's so funny though, after you told me that, because that was probably, I don't know, a year ago, maybe I don't, yeah. I don't remember, but you told me, um, that about the Mercury and Saturn. And then like the next two weeks, I got like three clients who had Mercury and Saturn together by happenstance. And right. they were all like, yeah, this is like my third reading or and I was like, oh my God. Right. I was right. <laughs> yeah. When I, when, when they, when they write to me and I, I see that, cause I ask for their birth chart to just check them out, to check out the chart first. And I see that Mercury Saturn combination. My first question is how many other astrologers have you been to <laughs> since you've been here? <laughs> Are you cheating on me? Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So what about Saturn and the moon? Right. Yeah. Saturn and the moon is a blessing and a curse. Hmm. Um, in many yogic texts, you will hear people say that misfortune and adversity is the greatest blessing. And that's coming from a spiritual perspective, because if you are inundated by misfortune, and you have the wherewithal to stand up and pay attention, you will start to see the ephemeral nature of the world and how no matter how good things go, there's always going to be a misfortune coming your way. And so when you get Saturn and moon together, this can be a good combination for mature, spiritually minded people because they will see that. They will see that, you know what? I just need to have contentment from within because nothing in this world is going to satisfy me. And, and if they do that, and if they're able to have the grace to get into that, that will be a wonderful thing for them. We'll make a lot of spiritual progress in this life. However, if there are other combinations that don't point towards having good discipline or uh, a little more patience and um, those perspective in, in life situations, it's a hard combination because again, the moon is our emotional nature, our sense of feeling like we are fulfilled and supported. Mm -hmm. And when you get Saturn and the moon together, that person hardly ever feels supported. Mm -hmm. they, they don't feel like there's enough of anything. Like uh, when their, their, their mother probably didn't nurture them enough, or maybe they weren't breastfed or things that happened in those first three to five years of life that kind of taught them uh, that they can't count on uh, a benevolent uh, force or they can't count on love to be there for them. So it's a very difficult combination, but for them, uh, it is almost essential that they try to find a mature spirituality to follow, not fanatically, but uh, a mature spirituality to follow and to do work like, um, for example, the book, uh, The Presence Process by Michael Brown is a, a wonderful uh, program that they can take themselves through, which will help them get greater clarity and strength um, but Saturn and moon, it, it's, it's not an easy combination, although it can be very good for developing wisdom if they are inclined towards that, meaning they have the Raj yogas for moksha. If, if they've got Raj yogas for moksha, then you might say, yes, this person has a potential to be an enlightened being. I, I don't know if you've ever paid attention to astrologers who they always say these funny things, like they look at a chart and they say, well, this person's either going to be uh, an extremely enlightened being or a drug addict. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, if you're a good astrologer, you should be able to see what's, what it's going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not one or the other. <laughs> and so, for example, looking at the, 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 the Raj yoga, moksha yogas within a chart, if those are there and they're strong and they're prominent, then these ideas of misfortune will be funneled in that direction. If there are yogas, uh, Raj yogas for uh, kama enjoyment, mm -hmm. well, that's when you're going to find a really troubled person because they're going to keep trying to fulfill their desires, comma, in the world, but that Saturn and moon is going to keep keeping them 
bound up in that sense of suffering. Okay. And mm -hmm. what about Saturn and the sun? Because I know this is a really, it can be a really tough conjunction. It usually is an extremely tough conjunction for people um, because the sun looks up. Sun is about inspiration, right? Mm -hmm. So sun is about inspiration. And when you get Saturn and sun together, there's this almost like this tearing effect, similar to, to uh, Mars and, and Saturn, where the person wants to look up, wants to see better things, but Saturn's always pushing them back down to see what the problem might be. Again, it's going to depend on the dignity of the two planets. Um, it can make a very good leader if worked with well, because the king is supposed to be a, a servant. The king is supposed to be there, not for their own gain, not for all the luxuries and things. Um, like I, I, I recently heard a uh, NPR article, so I apologize to all of you who might not listen to NPR or think that it's uh, liberal media, but uh, <laughs> I was listening to an NPR um, discussion about how a, a particular politician um, really enjoyed being a leader. And they asked him, why did he enjoy being a leader? You know, he, he loved the planes. He loved the power. He, he loved the, the things he could do. It wasn't so that I can help my community. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so when Saturn and Sun are afflicted, um, oftentimes there will be this, this, this stress there. But if it's good, if it's good, the person will see the problems of the masses because they'll be able to see the problems of Saturn, but they'll be able to also say, maybe Jupiter's aspect in this. Maybe you've got a beautiful Jupiter. Then they'll be able to say, yes, I see these problems. And this is the most terrible thing that you have to go through. But let's find a way. Let's look up. Let's look up to the sun, the inspiration to get from that to this higher possibility. And we might not make it, but heck, we'll make it a lot further than we would if we just stayed where we are right now. Mm -hmm. So sun and Saturn can be good in that way if there are some other mitigating factors to bring out the benevolence of the sun and so on. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And so I have two more questions. Yes. I want to be respectful of your time. What about Saturn and Rahu? <laughs> Again, this is, a, this is another uh, interesting combination because it depends on the dignity of Saturn and also on the Lord of the ruler of those planets. The reason this is difficult just from a general standpoint is Saturn is about discipline. Saturn is about staying true to a course. Saturn is about just putting your head down and getting through it. Mm -hmm. Whereas Rahu is about what's new, what's next. Let's be a pioneer. Saturn's tradition even. Let's do something radically different. That's what Rahu wants. So you put that together with Saturn and you get a, a very conflicted personality often because they want to learn this responsibility of Saturn, but there's another part of them that says, yeah, but I want to go out and party a lot. And they don't find the balance there. But if you get Rahu and Saturn well-supported, um, what happens is the person then learns um, how to be their unique uh, expression of a natural human being, because Saturn is natural, Saturn is animal, Saturn is just being alive in this body, while also being able to be free to explore new and different things. You, you learn the balance there. Mm -hmm. um, with Rahu and Saturn, we also have to recognize that Rahu represents where we don't have any, uh, we don't, using the theory of past lives, we don't have any experience from past lives. Mm -hmm. And Saturn is suffering. And so if Rahu and Saturn are together, that means in this lifetime, um, what the person is learning how to do is to suffer. 
And that's not in any way to say that there is a malicious God force out there saying, you must learn to suffer. It's about learning what are the inevitable things of life? People are going to die. You're going to lose things. Things aren't going to work out your way. And the suffering is just learning to say, yeah, this is part of being alive. Every animal, everything that exists goes through this process of loss. And so it can be extremely painful for someone because it's like one thing after another just points out to them, see, you don't know how to deal with this. See, you don't know how to deal with this. But if a person learns to um, embrace that combination and walk through suffering, what happens is then they become extremely strong in Saturn because Rahu is developing their Saturn. That's the point. That's what we want. Whatever Rahu is with, it needs to develop that thing. So if Rahu is developing their Saturn, the best thing for them to do, rather than waiting for all the crap to kill them or the people that they love, is to challenge themselves, to do hard things that they absolutely do not want to do. Because if they do that, they'll say, oh, I did that, and I'm all right. And then the next hard thing comes along, and they'll remember their past successes, and they'll say, well, I got through this, so I'm going to try. And yeah, maybe sometimes you're going to break your legs and stick yourself in the hospital for months on end, but you get out of the hospital and you say, well, okay, I can still do it again. You learn that suffering exists, but it doesn't have to define you. It's just part of what's there. So Rahu and Saturn is a very uh, <laughs> interesting combination. In that regard. Yeah. And it makes incredibly resilient people. Exactly. And for those who have Saturn and Rahu conjoined, and they do have other aspects in their chart that are encouraging them to be more spiritual, mm -hmm. it's going to give them this like incredible ability to move throughout life with resiliency and see what truly matters in life right. and, and what's truly real, with like a capital R, right? That's, you, you couldn't have said it any better because again, we've mentioned that Saturn deals with truth. Well, Saturn is the ultimate truth. I mean, the ultimate truth of, of what life is. And so when, when you have Saturn like that, um, being able to face, accept, and again, thinking of Saturn exalted in the heart, love reality. When you can love reality as it is, not trying to put uh, a smiley face on it or not trying to say, oh, it'll be okay. Sometimes it's not. You know, I had someone recently uh, tell me that um, they were dealing with someone who's having a, a health scare. Um, uh, and that's what their life was like. And I said, well, life is just kind of always one big health scare, isn't it? It's either is or it isn't. And uh, she said, I don't know what to say. And I said, well, all you can do is be there for them. Don't make up fake things because that's going to hurt more in the long run. If you, if you have someone who is suffering, who is going through a difficulty and they're listening to people saying, it's going to be all right, it's going to be all right. Well, what happens to that person when it's not all right? And it never becomes all right again that's going to crush them and destroy their faith more than anything else versus just being there with them and saying, yeah, it might not be all right, but you'll get through it. And that's Saturn, no matter what, it's, it's not going to be all right. Things are never going to be the same again, but reality is you will continue. New things will come your way. And that is again, why Saturn's in the seventh house be, uh, has dig Bala strength in the seventh house. Cause it's trying to teach you that defining yourself through other people and other things will never give you happiness. But the fact that you can keep moving forward throughout all the changes, that will start to lead you to what you truly are because you'll go through the loss of people, you'll go through the loss of jobs and maybe it won't be until you're 80 years old, but that's when Saturn's strong, right? And you're 80 years old and you look back and you say, wow, I lost all these things and one day I'm gonna lose my body. 
but I know that the real me is okay. Mm -hmm. And that is the wisdom of Saturn. And that's why it takes a, that's why Saturn is associated with the elderly and age, because that is the wisdom that it gives. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could talk to the kids and the teenagers these days and try to share with them, look, this teenage drama that you have, it's really not that big a deal. And you'll look back on it and you wish you hadn't wasted your time on it. Or the people in their 20s and 30s who are just all about their career and their job, if you could look back to them and say, look, this is going to come and this is going to go. When you're done, what really matters is, is what you truly are inside. If we could tell them that, people would be so much happier. The, the, the world, the, the community, the the, the whole way we see things would be so much clearer and so much happier if we could have that kind of exalted wisdom of Saturn in our heart <laughs> from yeah. the beginning. I mean, it would be beautiful, but then it would kind of also defeat the purpose because Saturn's purpose is to make us feel some element of suffering and to realize like. That's, that's, you're, you're kind of right there, but it, it's, it's, that's more of when you haven't worked with it because once you've worked with it, it's not going to diminish your suffering. I've gone through all kinds of nasty stuff in my life. Do yeah. I still cry when I lose someone? Do I still get upset when I think my cat is stroking out over there? I do. But there is a, there's a, there's a sense of knowing, well, this is life happening. And it's not an, a crushing feeling of it is the end of all things. Mm -hmm. So Saturn, when, when it's well-developed, it doesn't mean you don't cry. It doesn't mean you are not annihilated for months on end when something horrible happens to you. But it means that you know what the reality is and how life works, the cycle of rise and fall of happiness of, of loss, and you don't get sucked into it. So, you know, if we think about the idea of yuga as a whole other topic here, but if we got into the Treta Yuga or the, uh, um, the Satya Yuga, the golden age, they're still gonna be suffering. They're gonna know what God is. They're gonna know what all this truth is, but they're gonna see it in relationship to what is true. They're not gonna treat grief as something evil and to be avoided. They're yeah. going to say someone is dying. And so I need to grieve and they're going to embrace it. And it's going to tear them apart from the very core of their being, but because they know suffering and they know the responsibility of walking through it, then they know Saturn um, and they're free. They're not, you see what I'm trying well, to get at here? Yes. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. And so from what I'm hearing is having a good connection with Saturn and having a well-developed Saturn is being able to be fully involved and engaged with the world around you for what it is yes. while also being able to stay connected to the finite nature of life and what is again eternal right. and is going to last forever and what is real again with a capital r but it's not losing that engagement it's not disconnecting you from other people or the reality of other people right and exactly. um there are some spiritual teachers who I do think go too far and they're like, oh, well, they're suffering, but everyone suffers or, oh, it's going to die, but don't fear death. And it's like, yeah, but you have to stay connected and, and honor the experience of attachment, because if you didn't honor those experiences, what's the point of having a human experience? Right. That's why we're here. We have to feel these things. But then it's also, again, or well, I don't, we don't have to feel these things, but it's so much more enjoyable if we do, but then while also maintaining that connection to, and also I know that by signing up for this life, there is going to be suffering and this is a part of it. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one thing that I wish people, when they talk to me and they have all these issues with life and, and difficulties, 
what comes to my mind is, well, what do you think you were getting into? <laughs> you know, what, 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 what were you expecting? And again, when, when Saturn causes problems for people, what is the greatest reason Saturn causes problems for people? False expectations. Why is it that everyone is so unhappy? It's not because of Saturn. It's because of a false expectation of what they think they should be getting out of, of things. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. No, no, no. I think that that's great. And so just, do you have, do you have time for one more? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. So it's, what it's, about it's, it's a Saturn discussion, so it should be long. <laughs> so three hours. Okay. Yeah. No, but um, what about Saturn and K2? Ooh, Saturn and K2. Yeah. yeah that's a, that's not an easy one um, because oftentimes we have to remember that um, with K2, that's the area that we're trying to let go of. Have you ever known someone who is so obsessed with suffering that everything that happened, if you were not suffering, they thought, well, you must be ignoring your shadow side. You know, why aren't, why aren't you going deeper into this? You should be going deeper into this. Uh, oftentimes with K2 and Saturn, the person is obsessed with suffering because that's what they know. When, when, when you meet people and it's all they know is anger or it's all they know is um, suffering or anxiety, you can't talk them out of it. Um, and so with, with K2 and Saturn, that is one of those people where I would probably go the opposite of what Ryan typically says because I know that they've already done a lot of work on Saturn. So what they have to learn how to do is enjoy life, quit quit trying to make peace with suffering, quit trying to be the person who's all about, you know, death and I need to go and be a, um, a hospice volunteer and all these sorts of things. I think that many people should do that, but many people don't have K2 and Saturn together. If you've got K2 and Saturn together, go out and take up a sport, learn to breathe, learn to move, learn to feel free, learn to be an, when I say an animal, I don't mean like a unthinking uh, malicious thing. I just mean, learn to be an animal about life, learn to just when you're in something, you're in it and you're loving it. So Saturn and K2, I would go the opposite of what I would say traditionally. <laughs> okay. it, it will be wonderful though for people on a spiritual path again, just like how Saturn and moon can be because it shows they've already got the discipline. They've already got the ability like K2, K2 looks within. And so K2 gives the ability to look within, put Saturn there, then they get the discipline and the capacity to look within. The danger for them is getting stuck there. Mm -hmm. But again, it's all about balance. It's learning to be, tap into that, but quit thinking that by running off into a, a cave or uh, going off and being a leader of a retreat center that you're gonna get fulfillment. You've already done that. Yes, do that if that's your job, but you still need to participate in the world. So actively participate in the world and finding ways to enjoy it is what I would say with K2 and Saturn. Okay. And yeah. you teach about this. <laughs> People can learn more from you. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Where can they go to continue learning about Saturn conjunctions and Rahu and Ketu? And... Um, what they could start with is uh, on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Kriya Yoga Online. Or, no, sorry, that's my Kriya Yoga channel. It's youtube.com slash Ryan's Vedic Astrology. Uh, youtube.com slash Ryan's Vedic Astrology. Um, if you go to the playlist, there's actually numerous kind of courses or classes. And there is one in particular playlist, which are all about planetary conjunctions. Mm -hmm. And so if you just type in on my channel, when you click on the little uh, spyglass, like K2 and Mars or Saturn and Mars or Rahu and moon, 
it'll pull up the video on that. So that's a good way to get a very basic understanding of how your planetary conjunctions work. If you want to learn astrology and you're patient and you're willing to be one of 300 people who actually makes it to the end, um, vedic-astrology.teachable.com, uh, that's a, a full apprenticeship course uh, that I've put together. So that's if you want to learn it and kind of get into the nitty gritty details about how these things function. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And again, all of the links are going to be in the description of the show notes. If you want to reach Ryan and check out his classes, which you absolutely should and his YouTube channels. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else that you want to end with? No, it was just a real pleasure to, to talk with you about this. I think these are things that, um, people might need to sit with a little bit longer. So thank you for the opportunity to, to speak to these things. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm definitely going to sit with these things. So if not everyone else, at least one person will be sitting on this for the rest of the day. So yeah, thank sure. you so much, Ryan. Okay, take care. Peace. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening until the end of this segment. I hope that you found it as enjoyable and informative as I did. As I mentioned, I will be sure to link all of Ryan's information in the show notes if you would like to learn more from him, explore his content on YouTube, or enroll in his online courses. And as usual, if you would like to schedule a reading with me, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com learn more at innerknowing.yoga. Please follow Astrology Now's Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast, and I will talk to you all very soon. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Bye.